just say say the sentence what had happened was and then finish the sentence anything you want well what what, what sorry <laughs> if i could talk well what happened was what what is it what, what had happened, happened was, was what had happened was karen got fired and we started weed school <laughs> <laughs> That's I mean, that's that's what happened. That is the truth. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> it's like an all bungle mouth, but that's what happened. That is. Hey, guys, it's me, Amelia Robinson from Dayton.com. Thank you for finding the What Had Happened Was podcast. Podcast. Get it? That was no mistake. I spoke to Audra Sparks and Karen Korn about Leafmatic, their brand new pot school. The online-based training service for marijuana professionals is a lot more complicated than Audra implied in the intro. And as you will find out, so is the issue of medical marijuana. These pot pioneer women just got their program approved by the Ohio Pharmacy Board and their school is certified by the state of Ohio. And Audra and Karen say they are helping patients. They explain how and why they got into the pot business. Karen losing her job did in fact play a part in it. The What Had Happened Was podcast is a product of Dayton.com and sponsored by Cox Digital Marketing. Let this trusted name in advertising find solutions for your digital needs. For instance, what if you sponsored a podcast? Just a question. (laughs) Subscribe and rate this show wherever you find your favorite shows. In addition to Google Play, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and all those other services, you can also find select episodes of the What Had Happened Was podcast on the WHIO app for Amazon Fire, Apple TV, and Roku. But let's get on with the show and how Audra and Karen got their pot school. So what are you guys up to? What's going on with this pot thing? (laughs) Ohio's uh, medical marijuana program officially launched December 8th last year. How'd you even get into the pot business? So it's kind of a funny story. Karen, you want to start? (laughs) So I have a chronic illness, or it's not really a chronic illness. It's just a condition. I have Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, which means I have faulty collagen. And so I have a number of chronic pain conditions. And I was using pharmaceutical medications as well as a lot of other modalities to treat that for quite a few years. And then, um, through my friendship with Audra and through my husband, I learned about the possibility of using cannabis or derivatives of cannabis to manage some of that because I was having side effects from some of the pharmaceutical medications that I didn't like. So I began to learn about cannabis. It probably started about five or six years, seven years ago for me, where I began to occasionally use it for medical reasons because I didn't really like it recreationally prior to that. It wasn't a thing that I loved to do, like smoke pot. I wasn't into that that So much. you weren't like a big old pothead no, eating a bunch of pizza? No, and to be totally honest with you, the first few times I used it, it made me a little paranoid and, and I did not like that feeling because I don't like being paranoid. So I was like, <laughs> I eased into it for, like I said, to help with pain. And I sort of fell in love with it over time. And I was, of course, doing that all very quietly um, on the DL. And then CBD products started to emerge. And I started to explore those a bit along with Audra. Um, You know, we just would talk about that because I have chronic pain, too. I've had endometriosis. And now I deal with adhesion pain in my pelvis. So I have pain all the time. And that's part of... So we were like basically on our own and then sort of collaboratively doing like experiments on ourselves. Researching and and experimenting. Just really trying very hard to manage 
using it in a way that it didn't compromise us, right? Because some of the pharmaceuticals I was taking were making me dumb at my job, and I was a provost and an educator. And I can't be brain. dumb. Yeah, <laughs> I can't be dumb. I have to be smart. And so that'd be um, like the thing people rate to. My professor was dumb. <laughs> yeah, right. I did not want to be rated She as seemed dumb. real spacey. Absolutely. <laughs> so, because um, gabapentin and some of those other drugs that are prescribed for fibromyalgia will bring that effect, and I was like, I, I don't, I need to not hurt, mm -hmm. but I need to not you know, be weird <laughs> or like zone out in the middle of what I'm doing. So, so I started experimenting, like I said, very secretly, very much. I never, ever brought cannabis to my job. It was always like a thing I would do before I left the house. Did you feel thing. like dirty doing it? Like yes. Terrified. And I'll yeah, be honest you feel with you, like I got fired for it, not for using it at school, not for anything like that. But um, somebody said that I smelled like it once and that I was accused of using poor judgment and smelling of cannabis and wearing a coat, wearing a coat like... that smelled of cannabis. What, where did you work? I worked at the School of Advertising, Art and Kettering at a graphic design college. That was a shock when I lost my job. I was, it, I had just been promoted. I had just been given a raise. It was like a good time in my professional life. I had to very quickly reassess what I was doing and kind of think of something new, <laughs> make a new plan. And I'll let Audra kind of pick up from here. I mean, Karen and I have been good friends for a long time and her husband. So we were having dinner at our house one night and kind of like she was bitching about losing a job, of course, and like, what am I going to do now? I mean, we kind of joked around like, we should start weed school because it's going to be yeah, legal like, here soon. And like, I, you know, we were joking and I'd be like, we could spell it with a K, you know, just being <laughs> totally silly and stupid. But then after a while, after just joking about it for a little while, we're like, why can't we do this? We're both highly educated. I have a master's degree. She's got a PhD. Uh, we both, she has more experience in education than I do, but we both have that teaching experience. And we're both patients that have figured out how to use it to treat our pain. And we were like, we can do this. We're smart and we don't need anyone's permission. Let's just do it and see what happens. And we did. And we got a bunch of training. Yeah, we did some training just so we could, you know, learn more. We're both researchers, just like our personalities are like, well, we need to know everything we can about something. We both did a lot of research, but you can't just be like, you know, I Googled a bunch of stuff and I used it so like I can do this. So we did. I'm smart. I'm a professional. Right. Weed person. Right. right. So yeah. we did a lot of training and we did a lot of training that is for like clinicians. Sure. So we weren't just we did a lot of deep training. So we got into pharmacology and dosing and drug interactions, side effects. You know, what sure. evidence is out there? This whole weed thing is medicine has been around for a couple of years now. And, you know, a couple, a couple states, thousand, the whole, I mean, thousands. I mean, like, I mean, like legally in America, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So are there other people in the country doing what you guys are doing? Well, we do, we do a couple of different things with Leaf Medic. Yeah. yeah. So what we did um, when we were talking about this, we decided to write a curriculum that could educate people that wanted to work in cannabis dispensaries in Ohio. Because as patients, we had that perspective of like what we want to see, what we would want somebody to know to be able to help somebody who didn't know anything. Going in blind for the person who has never touched it before or has very little experience with it needs some guidance. Not everyone are go-getters and like going to just like go do all kinds of research to figure out what they need to do. And experiment it, on themselves in and the it's, same way we were willing well, to. And it's complicated because oh, there's so many different varieties. There's so many products. There's so many different compounds inside the plant that do different things that you can like kind of manipulate. And so there's just a lot to know. And we wanted people in the industry who are going to be serving patients to know these things. And so we wrote it. 
we're saying weed school, but is it really a school or is it just a series of training? It's online. And so it's a series of training we're going to do. We um, have it, um, it's been evaluated and approved actually yeah. by the Ohio State Board of Career Colleges and Schools. So it's yeah. just not like Karen and Audra's no, school. Dude. No, yeah. we have uh, <laughs> we have an advisory board filled with ex-law enforcement people, medical professionals, medical professionals lawyers. We have people that have reviewed this and given it like, okay. Um, we have been very open about like, critique us, please, because we mm-hmm. want this to be as good as it can be. It's specific for Ohio. So right now we have a um, dispensary employee course available. We're going to have a cultivation operations course up soon for people who want to work at one of the growing operations. And we'll have processing. Yeah, I was going to say, we're, gonna, we're getting. Trying to cover the whole industry. We're going to have continuing ed classes for these employees. I'm excited. Um, We've had the good fortune of working with the Ohio Cannabis Chamber of Commerce, a number of other organizations that have, we've networked with them and made so many great connections Mm -hmm. around the state and even outside of the state that we're working collaboratively with and developing some of our curriculum. And so that's been an exciting experience Mm -hmm. because a lot of the kind of formal institutions that exist in other fields of endeavor or other industries don't exist yet so all this is forming now and right yeah and that's been a lot of fun so we're going to work on some continuing education curriculum with uh, Jonathan Cache at Hawking Hills who's running the lab there what we've done online with our courses it's not like no one else has ever done it nope. um, but we're specific to Ohio and are so you guys the first in Ohio to do this or are the others doing it too I think there's probably some others and there's the Cleveland School of Cannabis that's a brick-and-mortar school in Cleveland they've been operating for a few years now but ours is really tailored for Ohio we're trying to really be like we're from Ohio we want to do this for the Ohio industry we want to make it as good as we can so that people have the best experience and have the best knowledge and the other one other piece of that is that uh, we have a joint venture going with a woman in Sandusky who has established a really good staffing agency f- specifically for cannabis jobs. Right. Huh. The nice thing that we've arranged uh, in this joint venture is that people who pay to take our course then can work with Robin Ann Morris at Mary Jane Agency in getting a job. So right. she has resume service. You know, She works with them on that piece of it, the career services piece. That's also great. I mean, we're really happy to be able to develop that relationship too. So that part of Leaf Medic is education for people who want to be in the industry. We expanded it because we're patients. Again, we didn't see a model. We were just like, let's do this. We'll just build this. Why thing. don't we do this until someone says we can't? We do consulting with new MMJ patients. So like I was saying before, for people who have never had an experience with it or don't really know, have had very little experience with it, they need to be guided. Because I'll tell you what, I've been to dispensaries in Colorado and in Utah, Nevada. not Utah, Nevada, sorry. And they're pushing, like, this is the highest THC, this is the highest THC, this and that. And there's, like, shelves of products. There's so many things. And people have had bad experiences with cannabis. And we want to avoid that for people because it is a powerful medicine that has a huge range of things that it can do for us. And we don't want people to freak out and think they need to go to the ER because they're dying or going crazy. Right. And we don't want people to not use it in a way that they're actually going to get results. So we have started a consulting business out of um, Joga Somatic Arts and Kettering. Our friend Joe has therapeutic type 
office situation there. Complementary medical modalities. There's massage. There's a chiropractor. There's yoga and uh, nutritional stuff. And so she was like reached out to us when she heard what we were doing and was like, well, you know, I'd really like to have you in have it, you know, in our practice because that would give us a nice, well-rounded. Thing. She'd had a lot of clients that were coming in asking about using cannabis or CBD to treat their issues. And so we were like, this is great. So we have an office there when a person gets their card and they don't know what to do before they go to a dispensary, they can come to us and say, these are the things that I'm trying to achieve and we will help guide them. Um, we are also working with several doctors, a couple here in Dayton and a couple in Columbus, that hopefully we can have a collaborative relationship with some of these recommending doctors that they can tell their new patients to come to us and that will help guide them, help them keep track of their use and their effects so that when they go back to the doctor, they can say, this is my progress. Now can we like kind of adjust some of my other pharmaceutical drugs that I'm on? Because I think most people want to get off of pharmaceutical drugs. Right. And we've seen right. And we've seen that in states where they have medical cannabis. Lots of people will start using that instead because there's not as many bad side effects. We're super excited about that because that's what I would want mm-hmm. as a patient. You know, I'm of that mind that I'm doing research and I'm doing all this stuff and concocting things, but that's hard, you know? Yeah. And it's kind of a pain in the ass. So we want to help people. We want to like change the stigma around who is using cannabis. We want to change the stigma of what cannabis does to you and how it makes you because there are millions of professional functioning people out there who are using cannabis and you wouldn't even know it. Your teachers, your principals, your lawyers, Lots of people, you know, this stereotype of like, I'm old. Jeff Spicoli is always the one that comes to my head first because <laughs> I grew up in the 70s. But that like, you know, duh, you know, just being the lazy bum on a couch, eating a bag of chips. That's not what it that's not what it looks like. I mean, unless if you want it to. Right. Well, right. So, yes. like, you <laughs> right. I do know potheads like that. Right. For real, but right. Like, like you say, lots of people are different. So. Yeah. And using it medicinally, we can really you can manipulate it in a better way so you're not just like laid out. <laughs> you can go to work the next day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think I think what I really meant by that is what we're learning because of the science that's now finally underway in terms of exploring the possibilities of this plant is that you can tailor your experience by selecting particular cultivars or particular products that have different components of the plant or have less, more of some. And might not even produce that intoxicating feeling so that you can do things during the day. It's actually a really magical plant in that way. You can customize it. Mm -hmm. It's a customizable plant. This is like one of those areas you wouldn't think would crop up as a career or sort of a business that's a feed off of like the bigger thing. Are there other things you guys are finding that are like these businesses cropping up that are like... There are so many ancillary yeah. jobs that That's come along with this industry because <laughs> right. it's more than just working at a dispensary or in a grow. I mean, there's receptionist staff. There's um, accountants and lawyers and insurance and all, all. I mean, everything that you would need to have any other business comes along with the cannabis businesses as well. There's a lot of specialty products in cannabis, especially once you get into the recreational market. And I don't like to use the word recreational, I should say adult use. But um, so once you have people who are not just trying to treat themselves medically, they want to curate their own experiences. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so then you have packaging design, you have advertising, you have marketing, which of course I all know all that stuff from my former life. It's fascinating the more that we get into this, the more that we realize that there's also been kind of a parallel economy going on through the whole cannabis industry uh, that sort of jogs alongside mm -hmm. the, the conventional or the mainstream economy. I don't know. It's going to yeah. be interesting to see how this all evolves. It, it's It's been quite a journey yeah. uh, to be on this sort of a pioneer women. <laughs> you know, and it's cool because what you're seeing in some other states are like cannabis spas that are opening yeah. so that you can have this get a massage, massage and a, with do all of this oh um and have this great relaxing healthful experience or cannabis bed and breakfasts like right. there's so many things especially once it grows and i'm not sure how ohio will be is in terms of like having a spa or a massage therapist for example allowed to use products on a client if they come in not really sure how that's going to work. Right now, um, it's a no. But right. Let's see <laughs> but in the future. Got saying, Do not use it. Right. I was like, oh, goodness. Right. Oh, we're starting on. But in the future, <laughs> we're going to see cannabis federally legal soon. We're going to see it adult use everywhere. I think we're also going to see a lot of combined products. My husband works in the beer industry. Already there's you know, right. cannabis and hemp-infused beer. There's a seltzer product that's made out of Cincinnati that's become very popular that has CBD in it that people have been drinking. So I think that we're going to see coffee. Actually, Willie Nelson there just released is. one that's yeah. like a CBD-infused coffee. Shampoos so. and mm -hmm. body lotions and all kinds so of bath you bombs. people mellowing to the whole idea and not being so yeah. frightened by it like you yeah. were when you first started. Yeah. I think so, yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and in that way, because I was so afraid when I first started or not afraid, I had like some bad experiences. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I feel like... I'm empathetic toward people. Um, in particular, I think there's this aging population in Ohio. There's a lot mm -hmm. of old people here who are facing that time in life when you have so many different medications competing for your body's attention and pain is quite often the thing that's like yelling the loudest. Mm -hmm. And cannabis is a great adjunctive medication in that way. You can, or you can come down off of some others. And old people either, I should say the elderly, <laughs> they they either had a positive experience when they were younger and then have felt sort of shamed from using cannabis mm -hmm. because they're like, oh, I don't want to be known as the smoker. Or they had a bad experience once when they were younger and they're like, oh, I can't believe people are using that. Mm -hmm. for what? It's like reefer madness. Too. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So right. Very good. Outfit. And there's still a lot of yeah. that alive now. We have 29 states that have some form of legal cannabis, but there's still a lot of fear being perpetuated about the plant and its effects on people. There's still a lot to do in terms of educating the public about what cannabis is, how, the different ways it can work. One really exciting thing I learned was if you're having a negative response to high THC in a product, you can flood your body with CBD. So they make these CBD isolates. You can get little drops huh. or uh, vape, vape pens. Mm -hmm. And had I known that when I had those bad experiences and had I had CBD on hand, I would have been able to be like, okay, and I'm going to flood my body with this and just mm -hmm. wait a few minutes, take deep breaths, sip cold water. Yeah. I didn't know. I was just like, I'm going to die. <laughs> and I can't fucking wait back. And I'm in Amsterdam. And I'm in Literally. Well, oh, that was. was like one of the few. That was in Amsterdam, too. And right. Like, exactly. Amsterdam don't ever right. Again. See, right. you, see yeah. that's the deal is yeah. that people go in with not an understanding especially with those edibles i've heard a lot of stories mm -hmm. about those space cakes i didn't eat one gummies with... people in vegas who eat gummies yeah. and are like hey this tastes yeah. good this can be fun and then they're like all the lights i'm paranoid i gotta go back to my hotel room you know I've or heard stories like yeah that. there's a reason they call it amsterdam 
Sorry for the interruption. Just taking a break to remind you that you are listening to the What Had Happened Was podcast. And I am Amelia Robinson from Dayton.com, which of course is your number one source for what to do, what to know, and what to love about Dayton. One of the things I love is delicious food. Good thing Dayton.com has this all covered with its new food and dining email newsletter. Visit Dayton.com's homepage to subscribe to the newsletter. And as a reward, treat yourself to a good old meal. Now back to my trip to Amsterdam. See what I did there? Trip to Amsterdam. Clearly, yeah. I thought this guy who we met at a bar in Amsterdam was going to put us in the trash can. See? I was so freaked out. We don't want yeah. people to have that experience. We want people to have the you health benefits. You feel like you're kind of confessing that you had that experience, well, though, don't you? Well, yeah. a lot no, of people like, have, though. Years ago. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. A, a lot of people country. have had that experience, yeah. especially right, right. with edibles. They're pretty, yeah. They can be dangerous. They can make you feel really weird. Really bad. And, and we don't want people to go to the emergency room. You're not going <laughs> to die, but we don't want you to have that experience. Right. You know, We want you to have a good experience with this. Get the therapeutic benefits of it. Isn't a lot that they're producing, a lot of it is not going to come with that effect, right? Well, they have a variety. But then I've seen a couple of menus of what they have in the dispensaries right now. And I've looked at the grow operations applications. They have to put down what what cultivars they're going to grow. There are several. Of course, there's going to be the ones that are high THC. And there are some conditions that you need high THC for. Absolutely. Like ulcerative colitis, like irritable bowel syndrome, and some other digestive issues. Um, and and other disorders, but they also are producing cultivars with a variety, uh, like a varying ratio. And so what I mean by that, the two most popular cannabinoids are THC and CBD. CBD is all in the news now because it's got all these great healing properties without without making you high. What we're seeing um, and what medicine is seeing is that CBD works better when you have a little bit of THC with it. And like basically all of the compounds in the plant are going to give you a better effect if they're all together. Um, So there are different cultivars that you can get that say have a one to one ratio of CBD to THC. So you're getting a not too much high from the THC, but you're getting still health benefits from it. And we're going to see cultivars that are going to go up from ratios from one to one to like 20 to one CBD THC. So the higher you get with CBD and the lower THC, the less of the intoxication you're going to feel. You know, for some people, they can smoke. You're not allowed to smoke. You could ingest some mm-hmm. a yeah. cultivar that has, you know, a ratio of 10 to 1 CBD THC. Some people that might make them feel slightly intoxicated. For most people, it's not going to. So there's a lot. And the products that they're going to be producing in these processing centers are going to be concentrated oils, topical products, and edibles. But we're going to have products that have a different ratio. So if there's somebody that doesn't want, like, I need to go to work and I need to do these things and be aware. I got the kids running around and I need to be fully aware of what's happening. But I also need pain relief or whatever the thing is. There's products, we'll have products that people will be able to do that. So I'm super excited about that because one of the problems with with everything being underground and on the black market is you have no control over that. I first started using cannabis for my menstrual pain and problems. I had endometriosis and a lot of pain, a lot of mood swings and all of this migraine headaches. And that's what made me start. But I have no control over it's not, you know, I just get whatever is out there. Some are better than others. But I'm super excited to be able to buy products that I know like what's in it mm-hmm. right. because then I'll know how to use it better to get the effect that I need. Yeah, so it's very exciting for, for all patients. And yeah. For- 
just sort of a wave of we would love to get involved in helping clinicians who maybe aren't going to even recommend cannabis, like be a recommending doctor, because the way the program works is kind of interesting. You you have to identify a physician who is, has already had the appropriate training and been approved by a couple of different agencies through the state um, to recommend you as a patient. Then they send the recommendation to the Board of Pharmacy, to the OMMCP, which is the Ohio Medical Marijuana Control Program. And you're put into a database, and then they send you an email, I believe, and they this is what we went through, mm-hmm. and this is our experience, because uh, we both have cards currently. You pay $50, and you're issued a digital card. And then your doctor has to communicate via their system, um, putting in your recommendations, which are kind of like prescriptions. Mm-hmm. Um, and they usually have like 90 days worth at a time that you can purchase. Then you take your card, and you go to a dispenser. But then you would be able to purchase the, the product from... I forget where I was going with that. I'm sorry. Of working with the clinicians oh. because clinicians that aren't prescribing doctors, yes. like for example, my 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 father is a neurologist here. Um, he has no interest in being a recommending doctor. I think that his network probably wouldn't let him anyway. There are several around Ohio that have told their That's their staff no like way. you cannot do this. Mm-hmm. And for the past few years, he has had lots of patients come in saying they want to use medical marijuana. For doctors like him, he needs some kind of education. These doctors need some sort of education because they're going to start seeing their patients coming in and they're going to see, oh, you have started using this. You know, that's important information. It actually changes the amount of other medications you need because for Mm -hmm. a a number of medications, cannabis will make it so that you need less Mm -hmm. um, because there is this enzyme in your liver and it, you know, it impacts. It's kind of like that grapefruit when you take a statin thing. You know how they tell you don't drink grapefruit juice. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Statin sort of. It's this interaction in your body. And so it's not it's not always negative. It sometimes means you actually will need less of something a lot of the time. But it's a chemical in your body. Exactly. And your physician should understand it and understand how it's impacting you. Mm -hmm. And a lot of clinicians are basically saying to their patients, at least this is what I've heard through the grapevine from mm-hmm. people that I've talked to. Like, if you're going to use that, it's a don't basically don't tell me because I will have to say no to you being your doctor any longer because you're using something I don't really understand. Which yeah, is yeah. so unfortunate. Yeah. And they should want to know because it will change how they treat their patients. Correct. I think right now there's less than 5,000 people in the state of Ohio that have actually gone to get a card. Right. Um, I think there's not a lot of good advertising. There's not a lot of promoting this coming from the state or the Currently pharmacy it's board. Very expensive. Well, it well. is very expensive. That's true. But expensive how? Like to get a card? To buy it. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah, I yeah, think yeah, per yeah. ounce, it's oh, yeah, quite yeah. pricey. Um, and right. Like, also, that's a fear that the black market is going to be like very fed by this whole thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I, I think in most states, even where it's legal, the black market has kind of thrived no matter what. In fact, you know what I learned? The way that they were pricing cannabis, legal cannabis in Colorado for a period of time, I don't even know, it might even still be the case, they would set the price based upon the black market price. Is that right? Yeah, because that was really the only ground. They Mm -hmm. knew that that is the like sort of natural economic reality, meaning like that is what people pay. So you have to decide, you want to get your tax dollars out of it, you had to Figure out the price based around that mm-hmm. so you can get your tax Of what people out, will pay. What they would pay. So I mean, it's kind of weird, but... Yeah, so right now, we get a lot of, on Facebook, there's a lot of, how do I even get a card? How do I find a doctor? There's not really a lot of information being put out for, to the public about that right now. So, like, and there's not really any standards on what these recommending doctors charge for 
a visit. Um, right, so there's a couple of organizations, Medical Marijuana Made Easy on Facebook and Compassionate Alternatives are two non-profit. No, yeah, they're non-profit. Compassionate Alternatives is definitely a non-profit. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other is just, I think, a like sort of volunteer group of people who try to help patients figure out how to do it. But I, I can't say that it's been a very organized effort no. on the part of the state, upon, on the part of the agencies to encourage people. Like, right. please... Come explore other options instead of opioids. Right. Uh, we haven't really seen that yet. I, so. I do I think, see this is something that's going to grow. And, and yeah, absolutely. And more dismissive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, right. I think there are there's over 150 qualifying conditions that different states have um, put on the list that would be, you know, um, that you could get medical marijuana for. Ohio only has 23, so it's pretty strict right now. I know that they do have a. You can fill out a thing and send them a letter. Have them review putting other conditions on there. I think that they're looking at anxiety, um, opioid. I think insomnia and anxiety were two that were brought up, and I think that those would be great ones because mm-hmm. I think there are many people that are impacted by that. In fact, I would go so far as to say that I think a lot of recreational users are actually medical users, and they're using it for managing anxiety mm-hmm. and managing sleep. Right. Um, and yet they don't totally, they wouldn't come out and necessarily say that. They'd be like, I just want to get a bag because I want to get high this weekend. But right. You, if you really watch their behaviors, a lot of them are doing it. A lot of people do that for medical reasons. Well. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, right now, I think it's it ranges between two and four hundred dollars to see one of these recommending doctors. Then you got to wow. pay fifty dollars to the farm board to actually get the card, and then you go to a dispensary and they're selling the Ohio Tenth, which is like national because they're like, why is Ohio doing these weird numbers? So the Ohio Tenth is two point eight three grams, and it's like fifty dollars right now. Of course, when mo- more grow operations are harvesting and there's more product, hopefully the prices will go down because. Right now, Has that happened in other states? Or Yeah. Most states start out with higher prices and then they drop yes. over time. So we're expecting that to happen here, too. I don't see why that wouldn't when we get more products in and more people in the market. I mean, I've seen projections that Ohio could have the second or third biggest MMJ market. We've got millions of people that we would want to use too. this. <laughs> Hmm? Sorry, I mean, we have a lot of cropland too. I mean, yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. there's uh, and with industrial hemp as another possibility because so currently that's an interesting thing in Ohio. So currently, all across the United States, uh, hemp has been made officially federally, like at the federal level, legal. Oh, so, really? I thought hemp was out. It's legal federally, but the states get to decide okay. how they're going to do that if they're going to allow you know, industrial growth, if they're going to allow like small farmers to grow, Ohio still has to figure that out. But technically, it's federally legal, but the states get to decide how to, how to deal with the that. Because I think the farm bill and, and yeah. all of that. Hemp is related to cannabis and yeah. it has similar products that it produces, meaning it has cannabinoids in it. And so mm. nationally, hemp CBD, which is like one of those cannabinoids she was talking about, has been very popular and it has become, I don't want to call it a snake oil, but it's like people are adding it to everything. They're cleaning oh, yeah. it. Here's everything. You know, it's, and there's a lot of science now going on. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's and a lot like, of people just use, everything. like people say CBD and they use it for everything. As a yeah. supplement even. Yeah. yeah. So, people you wouldn't even expect are using it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So that is a really interesting development because people were really latching onto that as a medical sort of path towards use of cannabis. And then the OMMCP in Ohio and the Board of Pharmacy decided that they were going to say no CBD and pull it, well, not always pull it from the shelves, sometimes pull it from the shelves. That was Yeah, like you can time. still buy it in some places, but in some places they've been forced to take it off the shelves. It's kind of weird. I think that this all started out of watching what was happening in California 
where there were CBD products that were being sold as 100% CBD oil in a safe carrier oil, and there was THC ending up in it, and people were getting high unexpectedly. There or was other synthetic things, things in, it. in it. Contaminants. Um, yeah, people were getting sick. Not the right amount of cannabinoids as per advertised. And so I think that a lot of what... Um, Ohio was trying to do was to say, hey, we want to protect our populace. But in the meantime, what they did was suddenly scare everybody and make them think, oh, I can't use this. And I'm going to get arrested to get, if I have yeah, this. Yeah, it, it's, it's been kind of chaotic yeah. for a lot of patients. So um, I, I think that it'll be interesting to see as the medical marijuana program launches if there is a concerted effort on the part of the, the organizers to get cultivators to produce more CBD-heavy mm -hmm. strains or hemp that's mm -hmm. you know medically certified hemp meaning like hemp that we're sure is not grown with certain pesticides and all of that stuff so that it can be used to produce medical quality cbd and that would be great if it happens in the meantime though people are scampering trying to figure out if they're doing something legal or illegal if they're ordering in the mail are they going to get arrested for it right or, you know they're just it's, that's a weird gray area yeah. right now so right now in the state you don't have to be like certified or anything to work in one of these places right you just got to be hired by the place state wants everyone that works in a dispensary to have a certain education and that's the sort of thing you guys can right provide. so mm -hmm. they put out what their requirements were for dispensary staff to know our curriculum covers that plus unless you have prior experience ohio wants you to have some kind of education and they want you to show it um <laughs> dispensary yeah. owners need to make sure that all of their staff has some education that is okayed by the pharmacy board in terms of working in a growing place or um, processing, I'm not quite sure what those are. We're talking with a processing operation owner in Dayton trying to help us figure out what does she want her people to know when they come to apply for a job there? What does she want them to already know before they go into like her individual processes? Because each processing place is going to use a different technique Good, or yeah. whatever. Di everything will be different from right. one to another right. on some level. And then for the cultivation curriculum we've worked on, we've collaborated with some people who have worked in other states in cultivation you know, centers um, and in various capacities along mm -hmm. the way. So we're not basing that particular curriculum on what's happening in Ohio right this minute, yeah. but it's going to eventually, we're hopeful that we'll be able to get feedback from cultivators for right. them to say like, hey, add this to your curriculum because we want, really want our employees to know this before they before even get they in the doors. In. One of the things that's funny to me about cannabis, it just always makes me laugh, is that when you see the list of side effects, one of the things they list as a side effect is euphoria. And I, that always makes me laugh because I'm like, why would anybody ever consider that a side effect of medication? I would think that that would always be considered a positive. Although I can imagine that if you yeah, had there's... manic tendencies, that that would be a triggering experience. But it is kind of a cool medication in that some of the side effects or the things that like kind of come along with it are just sort of a pleasant add-on <laughs> instead of a negative add-on, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah. Uh, you're trying to treat pain, but you happen to be in a little better mood as well, yeah. if you know what I mean. So I don't know. <laughs> So were you guys like blown away when it was actually approved in Ohio? Because a lot of people never thought it would happen. I don't know if I was blown away. I guess I was, I'm a skeptical person. I'm a cynical person. Um, you? Yeah. So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I've watched this. I, I've read the law lots of times. And it's pretty restrictive. And I think that they've kind of bungled this. Well, not bungled, but it's been very slow as if they don't really care about the patients that need this. I'm happy that we have it and I want to help to make it better. I hope that it gets better and more accessible and 
We have more things added to the qualifying conditions. I'm happy that we have it. Um, Me too. I I want to see the medical program become really robust and rich and get its feet on the ground prior to adult use launching, if possible, because I really think that even though I I have totally am in 100% uh, approval of adult use, and I think people should be able to grow their own if they want to in their garden, if they feel like it, I don't think it's a thing that should be you know, prohibited from people doing that type of thing. Mm-hmm. So again, I'm I'm very liberal in my understanding of, of how humans should be able to use cannabis. But what happens with adult use is that the emphasis becomes um, on different kinds just of products. Just getting high. And just getting high as opposed to the whole... Having those ratioed products mm-hmm. that are more medicinal. Uh, or either that or maybe the trend needs to become with adult use, like curate your high. Mm-hmm. You know, don't be really high during the day. <laughs> maybe, you know, maybe people will start to, because that, that happens with alcohol, you know. So uh, Ohio couldn't wait to get, people were always complaining that we didn't have the ABV of beer was too low, that we couldn't get those 12, 13% ABV beers and people would drive to Indiana to get them and Kentucky and, you know, mm-hmm. we're missing out on that market. They brought that here and now we have the allowance, I mean, the permission to, to buy or whatever, you know, those <laughs> beers are here. Um, it, suddenly, all of a sudden, seltzers that are low in alcohol and low in calories mm-hmm. and sessionable, sessionable beers, so like sessionable IPAs, mm-hmm. that's all trendy and sessionable means low alcohol by volume. People want to drink all day and they don't want to be like falling over and hurting themselves. I don't know. I f- wonder if that trend will happen in adult I hope so because I want those medical strains. Yeah, me too. I need them and it's what I've like wanted my whole life (laughs) you know because i want to target what i need to target i don't always just want to be as shit-faced as i can be and we think other people are like that too well you'll find out well thanks a lot for coming in here thank you so much amelia it was fun thank you for having us yeah very good no wasn't that interesting seriously that was really interesting i feel like i know a lot more about medical marijuana after listening to karen and audra find out more about audra and karen their training services, and their cannabis consultation program on the Leaf Medic website. The What Had Happened Was podcast was produced and edited by me, Amelia Robinson, and the WHIO studio. The show's artwork is by my buddy Troy Liming of TL Creates of Columbus. Until next time, but bye See, but bye I was trying to make a pun. but bye Let me say, pot tomorrow. That didn't make any sense. Anyway, bye-bye.